0: On this week's episode, dual Thors showcase some love and thunder. Just how good is Star Trek Strange New Worlds? And our mates, we finally have our skull and bones. All this and more as we reach our next stop, the PCC Multiverse. Don't be alarmed. This is Gerald Glasser from Pop Culture Cosmos, Game Source, Inside Sports Fantasy Football, and the Lakers Fast Break. We truly appreciate everyone out there listening to all of our shows, and if you can, please give us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Plus, if you can like, share, subscribe, or do anything that you can to support us right here at the Pop Culture Cosmos, Vampires and Vite. Also, as well, everything that we do at PopCultureCosmos.com, PopCultureCosmos on Facebook, where we are not only cover the latest news and trends in pop culture each and every day at PopCultureCosmos on Facebook, we are the number one tabletop RPG streamer right there on Facebook. So check out all the action that Melinda, Rob, Roger, Mitch, everybody that's there for the whole entire group that's known as the pop culture cosmos crew at the number one tabletop RPG streamers out there on Facebook. So go ahead and check out our videos today at pop culture cosmos on Facebook. And if you can go ahead and do all that, it is sincerely appreciated, but it wouldn't be a PCC multiverse without my good friend. She is hanging with me when it comes to wearing the D and D shirts. This is my good friend. indeed? yeah, you man. Gotta go. Yep. You got to go ahead and catch out what she's doing today. at pop culture cosmos on Facebook vampires and vitae wherever you get your podcast please go ahead and give them some big time support today plus also she's a youtube star but don't tell anyone i said so it is my good friend who does a lot of other things that she will tell you as well including a big winner it is melinda barkhouse ross and melinda great to have you back on the show once again
1: so good to be back
0: I know it does just sound with just yeah. enthusiasm there, like you're just like hesitating.
1: Oh, what do I say? Well, no, sorry, because I was I was sitting here and I'm I'm just I'm looking at a list of names and I was trying to figure out how I could segue from what you just said into like some selfish, shameless self-promotion. That's what was all happening in my brain all the time. Go again. ahead. I am happy to be Self- here. I'm happy to see Self-promote, it. Self-promote, young lady. Okay. So Vampires and Vitay, my character for season two, her name is Esther, and we've created a tarot card. Mechanic and Esther was inspired by a particular deck that I kickstarted. I backed it, I should say. I didn't do the kickstart. Anyway, I happened to order a few extra decks, and we ran a little contest over on the Vampires and vitae Facebook page. And I have three winners to announce. We haven't even announced this on the Vampires and vitae page yet, so you're getting a first time right here. So, congratulations to Danny Weber, Barry Derue, and Avery. Avery is Las Vegas local, and Avery and Barry have both given us permission to go ahead and mess with the decks a little bit, pull cards, add cards, all of that kind of stuff, write on cards, rip them a little bit, burn them, whatever, just all kinds of fun things to do with them. So the deck is called the Aliman Tarot deck, and the deck is very unique it was pulled from a whole bunch of different decks there were cards that were created specifically for this deck and the biggest thing about it is it's not supposed to be exactly the same deck at by the time you use it as when you get it so the point of the deck is that you're supposed to mess with it you're supposed to play with it a little bit you're supposed to add things take things away That's led to a pretty wild character in Vampires in Vitae. She's pretty interesting. Anyway, so Danny, Barry, and Avery. Well, Avery, your cards are here. Vegas local. We'll we'll deliver those ones. But for Danny and Barry, they'll be in the mail here in the next few days. Fingers crossed, hopefully, if I can get my ducks in a row enough to get to the post office. But yeah, congratulations.
0: Well, first off, thank you for allowing us at the Pop Culture Cosmos to go ahead and unveil the first round of winners right there for you. I know you'll be repeating those winners again on your own show, Vampires and So congratulations to those yes. winners. Again, the cards will be out to you very shortly. So our good friends at Vampires and just thank you so much for going ahead and presenting that on the show today and go ahead and check out everything that you're doing
1: where? All over the place, mainly on Facebook and the Paul culture cosmos, Twitch page, Is it a page on Twitch? What do you call it? Yeah, it's a uh, a channel. It's an experience. Experience. Yes, excuse me. It's a channel. You're right. Twitch channel. But yeah, so if you just want to go from today forward. So after we're done here today, Gerald, I am laying down the music for this week's episode of Vampires Invitae, which will drop tomorrow morning. And then I immediately start work on the next Wizards & Wine episode for the podcast. And of course, we have the next game coming up with the Las Vegas table at 730 on Monday night. It'll be on the Wizards & Wine Facebook page. It'll be on the Pop Culture Cosmos Facebook page. It'll be on Twitch. It'll be on YouTube. And eventually, it'll make its way to a podcasting service. So that's that's pretty much what I have going on.
0: Pretty much. A lot of things going on there. I do want to, before we go on with the show, also congratulate our friends at Retro City Games. They are closing Mm. down their, actually, I wouldn't say their original store because it wasn't their original store, but their longtime store in Henderson, they are closing down. But for a good reason, because they're moving to an even bigger, grander, and more convenient store in Henderson. It's going to be 213 North Stephanie. So go ahead and check it out. The... Grand opening is next week. So go ahead and check us out there. I'm going to be live streaming from there. We're going to be doing a lot of great stuff there as the opening for Retro City Games and their new location on Stephanie. If you have any questions, just go ahead and stop by the Facebook page and Instagram pages at Retro City Games. But congratulations to both Douglas and also Nicole on the great work that they've done over the years. They've got two great locations on the strip and also coming soon a new location. In Henderson as well. But coming up on the PC Multiverse, we've got a lot of great things to talk about, including some video game action on the back end where we're talking Nacon Connect. Who is Nacon? 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 You say Nacon, I say Nacon. And why are they connected? Why are they connected, indeed. But we'll talk about why this French video game publisher has a lot to talk about coming up, including some flashbacks to the 80s in their upcoming video games that's coming up on the back end along with an update on god of war ragnarok and a release date for that game plus my goodness a treasure is found with skull and bones from ubisoft finally getting a release date we'll tell you when both of those games are coming out this fall that's coming up on the back end of the show We also pay tribute to James Caan. Rest in peace. He unfortunately passed away at the age of 82 today. We'll talk a little bit about his career coming up on the back end. I ask Melinda the major question I always ask Josh, and we've touched on this many times on our previous episodes, but what would she like to see rebooted as a movie or television series? That answer is coming up on the back end of the show as well, plus Miss Marvel. And also, I will go ahead and... Hmm. Hmm, hmm hmm. yeah i guess maybe do a little teasing to melinda in regards to her the star trek super fan that she is why she hasn't checked out <laughs> strange new worlds that's coming up on the show as well but first my friend at the box office this weekend it's a movie that you had talked about that you had predicted would be the biggest hit of the mcu season this year I'm not sure if it's going to be Black Panther 2. We'll see. You also said it's going to be Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. That's Thor, Love and Thunder. That's hitting theaters this weekend. It is return for Nellie Portman as the Lady Thor. She gains those powers and becomes a major force in the MCU in this Taika Waititi sequel. It's the fourth Thor film. But it's the second film directed by Taika Watiti, who also plays Korg, the, the rock giant that's also a funny guy as, as well. So I want to hear your thoughts on this. you got Valkyrie. You've got Russell Crowe in there as Zeus. You've got Christian Bale as the enemy, as Gore the God-Butcher looking for revenge against all the gods. Looks like it's going to be set up to a lot of fun. The thing is, though, the movie came out and Metacritic currently has it as a sixty with reviews all over the place from it's another great Taika Waititi production to one I saw from Time Magazine saying it was just a snooze. So I want to hear your thoughts on this. The reviews are all over the place. The advance word is that it's going to probably hit around $150 million domestic, which isn't a whole lot more than Minions Rise of Gru last weekend. What are your thoughts? Do you still have those same hopes as far as Thor Love and Thunder upending Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness and reaching a billion dollars because just where is it going to go over a billion? I'm not so sure. It's at $950 million, Doctor Strange, and it's already lost a lot of steam. So I'm going to say it's just going to miss unless it gets a little help from Disney. But your thoughts on Thor's Love and Thunder's ultimate
1: success? Yeah, I think it's going to be hugely successful. Look at the the actors who have signed on for it. Christian Bale and Russell Crowe. Are you kidding me right now? You're going to add those on top of us finally seeing Jane take the hammer and become Thor.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I mean, we, we've we read the arc in, in the comics and it was fantastic. I enjoyed every single comic that I read, except I will say, though, I was working in radio at the time, filling in on the morning show. And. The other female who was part of the show, she was doing, like, the entertainment news for the day. And she just, like, straight up spoiled who the female Thor was before I managed to get to the comic book store (laughs) and read the comic. I was like, what?
0: You're like, thanks.
1: Yeah, yeah. All I'm saying is I have a little bit of a history with this particular arc that they're going to take on by having uh, jane become thor so I'm, I'm really looking forward to it i think it's going to be a lot of fun to watch it just feels like a summer movie it feels right i think it's setting itself up in, in all of the correct ways i think it's going to be another bright and colorful thor movie which is a lot better than whatever thor 2 was i did not enjoy that movie at all no
0: one did that's okay
1: yeah so i think i f- fell asleep and i mean i've given multiverse of madness i it took robbie and i like five tries to get through the whole movie we kept falling asleep (laughs) um so i don't think that's how i'm going to react with the the new thor movie though i I think it's going to do quite well and i'm really excited for it
0: so you think it's going to do it has to do over a billion dollars because like i said the movie doctor strange the multiverse madness has stalled right a little over 950 million dollars right now it most likely will not get to a billion unless it has some help from disney in some form or fashion so it will probably right. Thor: Love and Thunder will probably have to do over a billion to beat it. So you think it'll do more than a billion dollars to the box office? Said that before Josh that it would have to. Well, no, I, you said it would it would beat Doctor Strange and Multiverse Madness. I think that was
1: your right. Okay, moment. fine. Okay, fine. I will continue to eat <laughs> that crow. I,
0: I predict hey. that
1: it will do. Over a billion dollars in the worldwide market, and I think that it's going to be one of the most successful Thor movies. I just think it looks like it's going to be a lot of fun. I think that Christian Bale as a villain is fantastic. I think it's a brilliant move. And Russell Crowe as Zeus, I'm here for it.
0: Well, I don't say Crowe or not. I think that it's still going to do pretty good. I think that it's still up for debate. I wish it would have come out last weekend. I would feel more confi- confident about it going over a billion dollars had it come out on the July 4th weekend. Because we saw that people were willing to go out and see a movie, pretty much any new movie that was coming out. In fact, they saw Minions Rise of Grew and they, they came out and exceeded expectations. So I think if, you know, going back in time, Disney probably would have, have had a change to change of heart and probably put it on the July 4th weekend. Roger says he watched Multiverse twice in 24 hours, enjoyed it more the second time. Roger, I enjoyed it more at home. I thought for my television, it was actually better suited than actually at the theater I was at. To give you that idea as well, I kind of liked it better the second time around at home on my TV. So I actually liked that experience a lot more. I think Disney Plus goes out of its way to make a home experience with its IMAX enhanced and also everything that they do to update it to modern televisions, a really good job of it. So I agree with you there on that sense, but yeah, Thor, love and thunder. I think it will do very well. I'm not sure if it's going to pass the billion dollar mark. I still kind of I'm all over the place. I'm hoping you're right. I'm actually hoping you're right. I'm hoping that you won't have to pull out the Turkey. I mean, slash crow that I had to eat on the last week's episode of the PCC multiverse. And, and I hope that everything will go ahead as far as MCU going forward, but, I had this conversation with my good friend in Australia, Ben Arno from the Smoking Hot Confessions about the future of where we're at in this phase four, about it being confusing to people. You don't know the direction. I know Comic-Con later this month will hopefully clear things up as Marvel makes an appearance and sets out forth its phase four slash phase five and, and starts to go ahead and explain itself there. But I really think that right now a lot of people are trying to figure out what is going on. Is you know the multiverse the main thing? Should they be worried more about something else? It's just kind of hard to figure out what's going on in Phase 4. And I think that's leading to part of the reason why that you're not seeing the, as big a numbers on the MCU movies. Plus, Disney Plus is an added thing in the mix on the reasons why that the MCU movies are not hitting as strongly as they have been in the past in previous phases of the MCU.
1: That's right. And we are on a bit of an uptick again with COVID infections and things like that. So that may play a little bit into it as well. That might keep people from going out to the theater. Good point. Very good point. On a global stage, not just here in North America. So I guess we'll just have to wait and see. But I just have a super good feeling about this movie.
0: Well, if it gets released in China, that's a big boom. I know that that's part of the reason why that Doctor Strange has been not available in certain areas of the markets in the world. That's part of the reason why it didn't achieve that huge success that, let's say, Spider-Man No Way Home achieved, you know, as it achieved close to $2 billion in its own right. So I think that if Thor is released in virtually all of its markets out there, it can really do well, perhaps even better than Doctor Strange will see. I think, again, being out on the July 4th weekend probably would have given it that nice little little shot out there that I think would have really sent it out strong because you see the reaction out there from people watching Minions Rise of Gru. So, well, again, we'll see. There's going to be a nice little battle at the box office. But if you have thoughts out there on Thor and Love and Thunder, I know I'm going to check it out. I know Melinda's going to check it out. Are you going to check out Thor, Love and Thunder? We would love to hear your thoughts. PopCultureCosmos at Yahoo.com. Hey, this is Chad from
1: Ghost Toasters, and you're listening to Pop Culture Cosmos podcast.
0: So, let me get this straight: we're gonna play a like a video game together, or? Well,
1: not exactly.
0: Okay, fine. W- where's the controller?
1: Oh, uh, that's it's it's right here.
0: This is literally a sheet of paper. I don't understand what you here. Well,
1: you're, you're gonna need these two
0: dice you've just had are these even dice
1: we are gonna play vampire the masquerade it's a role playing game what kind of vampire do you want to be
0: okay now you're telling me there's more than one kind of vampire <laughs> oh
1: my friend you have no idea there's an osferatu Nosferatu. there's vampires in vitae an actual play podcast season two to pop culture cosmos
0: well my friend there's still much more to talk about on today's program and before i get into <laughs> some sad news with star trek this week i want to go ahead and mention to you miss marvel speaking of disney plus as we yes. just talked about miss marvel episode five kind of a shorter episode this week touched on the backstory of the great grandma of kamala khan and her story in pakistan and uh, actually in india and how it had to separate because of british controlled India was—it was actually becoming fragmented because it was becoming more of an independent country, and the Muslims had to go ahead, I believe, and move over to Pakistan, if I'm not mistaken. And in the process of doing so, and in dealing with you know the train issues and the sheer amount of people that were having to migrate over from one area to another—I mean, those parts were very fascinating to see. I love that intro for this episode. If you caught that yet out there, miss the miss the way that they popped in the Marvel as far as an old 40s style film and how they did the Marvel intro for that I thought was really really good it reminded me a lot of what they did in WandaVision on a couple of episodes so I really applaud Marvel for being creative and out of the box like that but you know just incorporating the Marvel history and what they're doing in the episode with the actual real life history and blending it in and of itself I think is really a good way to go ahead and do it but your thoughts on Miss Marvel, it sounds like you got a chance to check it out and, and share some thoughts on that, because again, it was a shorter episode, but I still thought it told a pretty good tale, especially from how and where the clandestines, the djinn, the evil, bad people that are in the series, but also the, from the perspective of exactly how the bango came to be so important in the first place.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I still feel like this is intended for a bit of a younger audience, which is not at all a criticism. I think that it's very smart for Marvel to have done that, and I'm really enjoying it. This week, I spent a little bit more time watching The Boys, so I'm all caught up on The Boys, and yes, including that episode. So Miss Marvel, I'm going to have to spend a little bit more time with the latest episode because to be completely honest, it was in the background while I was prepping for two different games, such as the life of running Dungeons and Dragon games. But so I really appreciate and enjoy the, the direction that they're in. I think it's the correct way to do it. And I think that everything that they are doing, I think is setting a, a really great tone for the series. And have they announced if there's getting a season two yet?
0: No, they've not announced it yet, but she has already been demonstrated. Or she's actually performed, they showed footage from, I guess, say some type of a theme park experience or some like that. I saw footage on YouTube where she was integrated as part of it along with Captain Marvel and also Falcon, a.k.a. Captain America and some other individuals, Ant-Man and the Wasp. They were all part of this. So she was like all part of the team. They all knew each other. And it just seemed like that that she was part of this, this whole big family now. And she had all the... All the comic book costume and it seems like they've already got her set going forward and that she's going to be a major part of what goes on in the future of course she's going to be part of the marvels captain marvel 2, the marvels when that comes out will we see a captain marvel cameo in the last episode we'll see about that but i do think that she's going to become a major part of what we're seeing going forward i don't know if we're going to see a season two this Season has been a little bit up and down for me. I like the fact that I'm learning more about the Pakistani culture, how Pakistan came to be, as opposed to what India came to be, the British rule and all that. And then also today's culture, Pakistani culture here in America. I appreciate that so much as far as what I'm learning there. And I think that that's the best part of it for me. But yes, it does at times cater to a younger audience. And sometimes it loses me on that as an older viewer. And it sometimes actually loses my own kids in that teenage area because it gets a little bit corny, a little bit, a little bit on that end. Sure. I know that that my sure. kids are like, eh, eh, eh. they don't really want to see that either. But again, for the most part, it's been a, a good show to watch, and I can't wait to see the, what the final episode will bring with hopefully an appearance from Captain Marvel. So it will explain something else in the MCU, which is something I've I've complained about in this phase is that there, a lot of them are self-contained stories. And they don't expand the larger narrative in the MCU, which the phase two and three did so well as far as setting up for the future of the MCU, what we ultimately saw out of Endgame. So I really think that it needs to start telling a larger narrative with even just the little bits and pieces of these series and movies. And maybe we'll find that out in Thor Love and Thunder as well.
1: Yeah, that's entirely possible. Thor Love and Thunder could really set that stage. And even step back and give a little bit of more room for the newer superheroes that they're bringing out in Phase Four.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So I'm looking forward to that. Go ahead and cap off our final thoughts next week on the entire season one of Miss Marvel. As Miss Marvel, the episode six will go ahead and be done by then. So it looks like Melinda's taking notes as we go ahead and watch Miss Marvel. Here's your homework. got it okay there you go but if you can go ahead and let us know your thoughts on Miss marvel we truly would appreciate it please let us know are you liking what you're seeing so far are you liking to go ahead and seeing this side of the marvel cinematic universe please let us know pop culture cosmos at yahoo.com is that in your notes right there about me huh is that in there is that in there
1: yeah it's uh it's actually it's up here i thought it was hidden though i thought my okay. keyboard had it okay no <laughs> no, worries.
0: no worries no worries indeed but my friend before we hit the break <laughs> there's something i want to say i'm very sad very sad oh, of course true honesty yes i'm very sad to see the passing of james Gunn. but we'll go ahead and touch on that at the back end of the episode in all seriousness there but in not so seriousness i am very sad to see the end of season one of star trek strange new worlds a show which you have not caught as of yet, and you are the Star Trek super fan, are you not?
1: Gerald, when I applied to be on the show, I promise you I did not rely on my resume. Okay. I do love Be So Star Trek, but I don't have the streaming service that the show is on, so that makes it very difficult to watch it. Honestly, well, I've got a it's been deal a pain for you. in my neck.
0: I've got a deal for okay. you. I think I've seen ads on it throughout the internet that you can get it right now for ninety nine cents for a month. So, I think, oh, for something, yeah, well, something like that. Uh, so, I saw that. the I saw the the digits ninety nine next to Paramount Plus. So, people go ahead and check it out. I could be wrong, but I am probably not. They're probably trying to do anything they can get you at least on a first month basis. You can cram in a lot of stuff on Star Trek in that month. So, go ahead, please go ahead and get Paramount Plus because Star Trek: Strange New Worlds and you can quote me here on this, is the best season of Star Trek in decades. And I'll just leave it at that. Dang. Because it is really right. that good. It's fun. It's interesting. And they capped it off with a great episode. Severance, I've told you, was just such an awe of that show on Apple+. They followed up here with Star Trek Strange New Worlds in the same fashion with a killer final episode. Because... Christopher Pike, a.k.a. Anson Mount, who is killing it, which I know that Kevin Feige is somewhere in Marvel land saying, why did they ever get this guy just to play a role in Inhumans as a guy who can't speak? I can't believe it. We blew it there. Yes. So he is just tremendous as Captain Pike, and he's done such a great job. The entire crew has done a great job. It's just a sensational show. It takes you back to the old days of when it goes to a different story each and every week they do have little things that intertwine throughout the episodes but again it's mainly a new adventure each and every week roger says melinda's welcome to come to my house and watch with me so there you go you've got an invitation right there from rogers you can you and robbie go right there go ahead check out star trek put that in the notes (laughs) go ahead invade roger's house go ahead don't
1: forget swimsuit because roger has a pool
0: Yes. And don't forget to go ahead and raid the fridge, please. Raid the fridge. Yes. Make sure you, yes. Okay. Grab the beer. But and yes. the liquor
1: cabinet. It's yes. impressive.
0: Yes, absolutely. <laughs> but I will say that people need to go ahead and check out what you're seeing at Star Trek Strange New Worlds, because it is absolutely one of the best seasons of Star Trek that's out there. I mean, I was highly... Disinterested in watching this season of Star Trek: Picard, which I know you have issues with. Me on again, it's been for me a bumpy ride on Star Trek: Picard, but Star Trek: Strange New Worlds gets you right back in. Discovery has, I know, for some, been a been a hard watch, but that has gotten progressively better and better in its storytelling. And Star Trek: Strange New Worlds, I think, took all those lessons that both Picard and Discovery have learned over the past two, three years in making their shows, and said, you know what we're going to do things a little bit differently. And we're going to do go back to some of the things that made the original star Trek series work and click with fans. Although it actually clicked with fans when it went into reruns, but that's another story. What clicked with fans <laughs> and they took a lot of that. Plus they grabbed some stuff from the new shows and they made it a right blend. And the most important thing is that this crew has a lot of fun working with each other. It comes across on screen that they really enjoy working with each other and that, I think, makes the show really one of the best so far this year and the best Star Trek series, I should say season. I won't say series yet because you can't do the same thing with Severance. You can't go off the first season and go ahead and say, oh, it's one of the greatest TV shows ever. You know, yeah, it's one of the greatest seasons of Star Trek in a long, long time.
1: Well, I think too a little a, a little part perhaps is the uh, familiarity of that formulaic classic Star Trek episode, where yeah. you know it's new planet, new monster, you overcome. And you know some what of I they mean? Like like it is like
0: that.
1: Yeah, yeah. And, and I'm not pleased. Like, whoa, don't come for me. I'm not saying that that's a bad thing. I'm just saying that it may have been easier uh, for Star Trek fans to accept a more familiar feeling Star Trek. Than the the out-of-the-box thinking that I think was behind Star Trek Discovery and Picard as well.
0: Yeah. But this one, again, it does a great job of actually throwing something new at you each and every week. Although still trying to go ahead and provide some underlying themes. One of which is the ultimate timeline. We know where Spock, Captain Pike, we know where those two are going to end up in as far as the Star Trek universe is concerned. Right. Will they try to change it? Can they change it? I think those are some of the questions that are brought forth in this season, plus the decisions that are made as far as the overall weight of the Star Trek universe as it starts to develop, as it gets into the point where you start seeing familiar faces from TOS, aka the original series. So how they're blending that in, you know, for the most part, it really works. One little tidbit I think maybe could have been done a little bit better, which I think fans of the star Trek series would probably mostly agree with me on that. And I don't really want to go into spoilers on what that is. Cause it's actually kind of a big spoiler, especially in the last episode. So won't go too far on that, but if you get a chance, please, you won't regret it. Check out star Trek, strange new worlds. Even if you're not a fan of the actual series itself previously, you'll have a lot of fun with this because they had a lot of fun themselves in doing it. And I, I really think they did a great job at Star Trek Strange New Worlds, and it's a must-watch for me. So please, if you get a chance, or you've already seen the first season of Star Trek Strange New Worlds, please let us know, popculturecosmos at yahoo.com. Well, coming up next, Melinda and I are going to be talking some video games, also acknowledging the death and also the great career of James Caan, and... If Melinda, in this age of reboots, would love her own reboot of a movie or TV series, she'll let us know what that is. That's coming up on the back end of the show. This is the PCC Multiverse. And if you're ready to talk toys... I haven't stopped talking toys. Let's get to it. It's the Jay and Rob Toy Show and we're back for Season 2 for 10 more episodes of Toy and Goodness. And this time we talk Marvel figures, we talk DC figures, Holy Grails, playsets, what-if scenarios, and so much more. But we're not alone. We've brought a few friends with us this time. All that and, of course, our action figure spotlight. So check out the Jay and Rob Toy Show Season 2, exclusively on Jinx Esports TV Canada. And we're back with the PC Multiverse. It's Melinda Barkhouse Ross and me, Gerald Glassford. Sporting the D&D shirts, rock on, Dungeons & Dragons. (laughs) Although, you know, in in Stranger Things, season four, Dungeons & Dragons, that was always kind of risque there. A lot of people had issues with Dungeons & Dragons, but they don't now, that's for sure. I know coming up, they made the announcement that Dungeons & Dragons is going to appear at Comic-Con, so I know a lot of people are excited about that. But heading back out of the break here, we've got a lot of things still to talk about on today's program. want to ask you a question, Miss PlayStation Yeah, what's that? What is the big game you think is still coming out on the horizon this year? There's been a lot of first party exclusives from both Xbox and PlayStation that said bye bye to 2022 and said hello to delays to 2023. There's still one out there that got announced this week that is coming to 2022. Which one could that be?
1: Tell me. Tell right, me, Gerald. I,
0: I will tell you, Miss PlayStation. <laughs> And that is, okay. speaking of Ragnarok, what we were talking about earlier with Thor Ragnarok and its successor, which is Thor Love and Thunder, God of War Ragnarok. That was announced by Sony as coming out this year, actually. Surprising enough, on November the 9th, you too can go ahead and get into the next installment of the God of War series as God of War Ragnarok will hit shells. You know that made a lot of Sony PlayStation fans out there very happy. A lot of gamers out there really happy that this very cinematic series, this very cinematic game now, it has evolved from the just button mashing that you did back in the, the 2000s when God of War 1, 2, and 3 came out. I know it's just, how many times can I go ahead and get Kratos mad and perhaps I'm angry with the gods? Now it's something a little bit more evolved with the most recent God of War installment that came out just a few years ago. And now with this, it's going to be even more of a cinematic storytelling experience. So I'm excited for that. I'm excited for the PlayStation fans out there, but seeing that that's the case, that could be a good sign for PlayStation fans. I know it's something in a year where they not had a whole lot to really crow about outside of that one brief time when horizon zero and also as well, GT seven grand Turismo seven came out your thoughts on God of war Ragnarok coming this fall.
1: Yeah, I think it's wonderful news and I haven't really gotten super into this particular line of video games, but I know quite a few people who are very much into all of that stuff. So I don't know if I'm personally going to pick up the game just because you need to have time to sit down and play the games. And right now I don't have a whole lot of time. I'm excited for new video games. I'm always excited to uh, see them. And I'll probably tune into a couple of different Twitch channels that i am sure have the game the day that it releases so i can have a look at it and see how it is
0: well sony actually they can thank xbox because xbox with starfield that was supposed to be coming out 11 11 22 they had that date hold for quite some time that they had already said they were going to release on and then you know they went up and blew it and delayed it to 2023 So that left the door wide open for Sony to say, hey, we're going to walk right in there with our own God of War Ragnarok. And there you go. That's excellent timing because it comes out in the time I say you have to come out, which is right before the biggest shopping days of the year, which is Black Friday. So that's very smart by Sony to go ahead and drop it then. But just announced a couple of days later, knowing that God of War Ragnarok is going to be one of the biggest video game drops of the year, Ubisoft, in all of its infinite wisdom, decided to go ahead and announce that they have a release date for finally one of the longest delayed games in development history. It's been well over five, six years now. I mean, I remember saw it being debuted in 2017 at E3, which tells me that it probably was in development for quite some time before that. And that is Skull and Bones, the pirate multiplayer game that's going to be coming out by Ubisoft. And they had the infinite wisdom to drop it or at least they're going to, as of now, the release date they're going to drop it on is November the 8th, a day before God of War Ragnarok. So this is a game that doesn't have a a whole lot of good history behind it, being that it's been delayed for so long, a lot of interest has waned over the years over it. Tell me, in all of your infinite wisdom, if this is a good idea for Ubisoft to drop it the day before God of War Ragnarok.
1: Well, you release it the day before and hope that the day after God of War comes out, people still remember that your game is here. Or they have Um, enough money. Yeah, that's a concern. But, gosh, I still have such a bad taste in my mouth with everything that happened with the Cyberpunk game 2077.
0: Yes. Yeah, Cyberpunk 2077. You hit it.
1: Okay, good. Perfect. Because we bought the game, and we were trying to play it when it was super buggy for the PS4. I know that it's fine now, I believe, for the PS5, but I don't think that it's really super easy to play yet on the PS4. I think they're still working on it.
0: Still some rough Um, patches.
1: yeah, but now that you know you finally find out that a game is about to drop after delay after delay after delay, uh, I don't know. it just makes me feel a certain kind of way because we got burnt with that cyberpunk thing. That makes me really nervous. When I don't you hear about you. games being delayed. Honestly, if they had have delayed cyberpunk again, people would have been upset about it. but I would have been happier having a game that I could have played out of the box. Versus a game that I had to fight with to be able to play. And there's a difference.
0: Yeah, that's true.
1: Perhaps Skull and Bones took that extra amount of time to really sort themselves out and make sure that they're delivering a a playable game right away. I don't know.
0: Well, the first thing that surprises me is that Ubisoft kept it alive after all these years. Because usually if a game like that is in development for that long, it's usually canceled. They usually will just go ahead. Oh, that just
1: tells me that it's somebody's passion project.
0: Yeah. Must be Ubisoft, you know, because... so somebody,
1: yeah, somebody close to the top in Ubisoft is like, This game has to happen. I know there's issues, I know there's problems, but it has to happen. So,
0: uh, like, yeah, well over five, I six can... years, possibly even seven years, even more of development in that game is finally going to come to a head as it gets debuted to right now, a November 8th street date again, coming a day before God of War Ragnarok. I guess uh, I'm going to be able to hopefully take a look at both of these games. I know God of War Ragnarok is going to hit a home run for Sony. I think it's just going to tell another great narrative as the last one did. So I'm looking forward to that. We don't know about Skull and Bones. We'll see. I mean, the footage is out there. I've shared it on Game Source and Pop Culture Cosmos. So if you want to take a look, it's right there for you on Facebook. But yes, those two are matching up. It looks like hopefully we'll see what happens to the Black Friday Showdown. Although, I'm assuming a week or two before Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2 will get released because that's inevitable that that's going to be released right around that time because they are always smart at Activision to go ahead and release it right around the Black Friday holiday for their latest Call of Duty. So I'm sure they'll do that, but we'll see what happens as the video game showdown shapes up for the holiday season. But What are your thoughts out there on Skull and Bones? Are Are you ready to get into a new pirate game from Ubisoft that's actually not so new? It's been development for quite some time or are you going to go back into the world of god of war with ragnarok please let us know pop culture cosmos and yahoo.com and before we hit the break my friend i wanted to go ahead and mention that nason or nakon connect 2022 just happened it was about a 45 minute press conference i actually also posted that on pop culture cosmos and game source on facebook that was a 45 minute presentation From a French publisher, video game publisher, which I've only heard of a couple times, in all honesty. I know a lot of gamers out there saying, who, who, who? Well, hopefully get a chance to check out their presentation because they've got several games that look pretty good that are on the way. The two most notable, actually the most notable is The Lord of Rings Golem. I think a lot of people that already know that that's going to come out. They showcase that a lot more. They showcased a lot of other games as well, but the two that kind of stuck out to me were the flashbacks to the 80s in a new RoboCop game and a new The Terminator game that are both coming on the way sometime in 2023. So, Melinda, and I probably should not be doing this in a bad Arnold Schwarzenegger accent, but are you willing... (laughs) Are you willing to say, I'll be back for another Terminator game or go ahead and i don't know what the catchphrase is for robocop i forget i haven't seen that movie in a long time but yes are you willing to go back to a robocop or terminator game from nacle
1: i'll give some time to a robocop game absolutely yeah i'll make some time for that okay Might have to cancel a, a game session or two maybe there won't be a podcast one week but i'll give some time to it
0: (laughs) okay well from what i'm hearing the terminator game it looks like it's going to be like an open world kind of game set between the rise of skynet and the formation of john connor's resistance so i guess you get to maybe be one side or another which would be kind of cool that you can go ahead and be one or the other as far as play it from that aspect and it looks like robocop is and i think it for the best part it, it was going to be a first-person shooter type experience, which I think that's pretty much going to be what it needs to be, instead of being something, uh, you know, as far as, oh, I guess it needs to have an open world or whatnot. No, it needs just, if it does a straight linear job of telling a story from a RoboCop perspective, I think that's probably the best suited for it, for that type
1: of game. I agree. RoboCop makes sense as a first-person shooter, uh, which means I'm going to be really bad at it. So maybe I will have to go Terminator.
0: Okay, fair enough. (laughs) So bad at first-person shooter. Well, you can always Man. say, though, hopefully, that at the very end, you know, it's in the tail end of its life cycle, that with Robocop, you can buy that for a dollar because that phrase mm-hmm. came out in Robocop. I remember that phrase. Uh, I'll buy that for a dollar. But if you will go ahead and let me know out there and let Melinda know your interest in the Nissan games, Nacon, Nissan, however you say this French video game publisher, which actually has some really cool stuff. You want to go ahead and check out their full presentations, about 45 minutes long. It's right there on the Pop Culture Cosmos and GameSource Facebook pages. But if you have thoughts on a new Terminator or RoboCop game or Lord of the Rings Gollum, please let us know. PopCultureCosmos at Yahoo.com. If you're in the Las Vegas and Henderson areas and are looking to buy, sell, or trade the best in classic or current video games and pop culture collectibles, there's no better place to go than Retro City Games. My friend, it's been a great episode, and I will give you one more chance to go ahead and plug whatever you plug, as always, on the back end of the show. But before we head on out, my friend, let's focus on you. You do such a great job here on the show, and we always want to hear what your thoughts are. I always ask Josh this from time to time, and that is if he had thoughts on what he would like to see rebooted. Because, you know, Hollywood always runs out of ideas, and they always go back to rebooting something out of the 70s, 80s, 90s. 60s 50s with all that being said if you were to go to an ip or certain thing that you wanted to see rebooted as a television series or a movie what would that be fringe fringe very nice so tell us why
1: i miss walter bishop and i miss the walternet I loved that show. It was so good. Joshua Jackson was great. Lance Reddick was wonderful and compelling and terrifying and all of the things that you needed him to be as Olivia Dunham's boss.
0: For well, those listeners and viewers out there who have not caught Fringe, which is something now that it's actually been in the rearview mirror for quite some time. And even Roger says, Nice! Fringe was fantastic. I thought it was really good so as well. It was so good. So tell us yeah. why, or tell people out there why Fringe would be a great concept to go ahead and reboot once again.
1: So Fringe dealt with this concept of multiverses, and there was a part of it where Walter Bishop, in our universe, that's in quotations, because we're going to talk about the Walternate as well. But what he does is he gets these children together that have these unusual abilities. They're not really powers. They're just things that they're able to do. And it makes it easier for them to help him navigate into another multiverse. Uh, So Walter Bishop eventually meets Walternate the first Peter Bishop actually passes away in a very tragic accident. So what Walter tries to do is he tries to cross over into this new multiverse that he's found and he abducts the Peter from that multiverse and brings him back into this one. And eventually there's like a whole bunch of stuff that happens. Obviously there's a whole lot of pseudoscience in there, which I love it's offbeat. It's interesting. It's, x-files but if x-files didn't deal in aliens it dealt more in time travel and travel through universes and and that kind of stuff that's a really terrible explanation of it i can't explain how epic this show was i loved it so much i think you did a pretty good job
0: especially now
1: in i mean the i kind day. of explained it
0: i well, kind I spe- of explained
1: it but
0: yeah. I, you know like oh. people are saying out there that actually is she talking about fringe or sliders no she's talking about fringe sliders is something altogether different i think that it it doesn't really have the the, i guess the the bite that a lot of people would love to see i think of the two they probably would lean more towards fringe over sliders but uh, you know both could probably be rebooted and i think it achieves some success but fringe i think of the two would probably achieve more i think it's a fox property so hey disney
1: go ahead and check it out man check it out Check it out! Yes, please, please do it, do it, do it, do it, do it. No, it was such a, an epic show. I loved it so much. I, I even have the DVD sets. That's how much I enjoyed the show. That's how dedicated I am to the show. Please reboot it, okay. Gerald. Talk to your friend at Pixar. I'm sure somehow he could make something happen, right?
0: Uh, if like I said, yeah, believe it. Since it's a Fox property, I think it's a Fox property, just off the top of my head, because that's where it appeared. Then. Most likely it would be a Disney property now, so you never know. Hulu, next stop Hulu, you never know. If you can see it on Hulu, then there you go. But I will say in the age of multiverses, as we're seeing our show is named the PC Multiverse, but this year alone, since the focus has been on so many properties out there being multiverse related, everything, everywhere, all at once, which I got to see, and I'm not going to say how much I liked it or didn't like it. I'm going to go ahead and leave that for the end of the year. So we'll just leave it at that. Okay. I will say all also right. as well, Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. We all know what's gone out there. Again, we talked about it earlier in the show, about the success of that movie. And the emphasis now on multiverses within pop culture, I think leads to what we've been talking about recently with Ezra Miller and Flashpoint. That's a multiverse in and of itself, that concept Therefore, as far as changing the whole DC multiverse around into something more streamlined going forward, I know that's something that's going to be much discussed when that movie finally comes out, with or without Ezra Miller. And I know that's a, you know again something we've already talked about on the show last week. So, I will say that with the emphasis on multiverses, I really think that this would be a great idea to go ahead and reboot. I really think that's a fantastic fantastic idea to go ahead and get in. Since original ideas are never at a premium in Hollywood and re- rebooting seems to be always to their fancy, I think that it could be a great possibility if the right people get behind it.
1: Yeah, absolutely. You could even approach it from the point of view of the Walternet and have Walter Bishop mess with his life and to see it from that side of it instead of making the Walternet the bad guy even though walter bishop was also kind of a bad guy let's be honest but <laughs> you can't win it all i guess but no, that could be an interesting point of view for the show to take
0: i know i say it all the time when we have this subject and i talked about it with josh but if he ever went ahead and redid or rebooted or actually showed a 25 years later type scenario for starship troopers I really think that would be a good get right there. You could still get a lot of the stars that were related that lived from the actual movie. Yeah. And if you go ahead and keep that type of concept, I think it actually could work as a series, not a movie, a series. I think it could be a nice little six to 10 episode arc, maybe even going ahead in multiple seasons, dealing with the bugs from there. I think you could really go ahead and do something with that. Yeah, I think of the two, I think definitely Fringe would be something that I could see happening because, again, Hulu needs all the help it can get. I mean, it just had Murders in the Building season two. It's writing off the success of that. I think that's something that they really need to continue because that show's been a hit for them. They've had other pretty good hits as well. The Orville, again, there's a lot of people going ahead and check that out. So hopefully that'll continue its success in season three there. I know that a lot of people are talking about that one way or the other. But, yeah, definitely some good things at Hulu. Hulu looks like they are finally on the rise after many years of being, like, there as a streaming service. So Fringe, if it's owned by Disney, could be just a trick, a reboot of that.
1: And don't forget, too, the new season of What We Do in the Shadows drops. I don't think it's next week. I think it's the week after that.
0: Yeah, FX and Hulu. Don't forget, that's
1: also on Hulu.
0: Yeah, Yeah. absolutely, absolutely. Speaking of Taika Waititi, like we did earlier in the episode, he still oversees that as far as an executive producer is concerned. So, yeah, absolutely, what we do in the shadows. So Hulu, I mean, and Only Murders in the Building, I think that's still been a great big hit for them. That's still ready to earn. a lot of Emmy nominations because I know the Emmy nominations are coming around the corner. So interested to see how far that still gets because I know a lot of people have been loving that. But we'll wait and see. But I do like... Your idea of a Fringe reboot, I think that's an excellent get. I think we got to go ahead and put you in charge of new series. Got to go ahead and do that. I think if they own the IP, I think Disney are going to have to go ahead and bring you over as in charge of Hulu to go ahead and do just that. So if you want Obviously, Melinda.
1: yeah.
0: So everyone out there, if you want Melinda to go ahead and start this reboot of Fringe, or if you just want to see a reboot of Fringe, or if you want a new reboot of some type of IP property out there, please let us know what you're thinking. Or if you agree with Melinda that Fringe would be a great reboot, please let us know. PopCultureCosmos at Yahoo.com My friend, it's been a great episode. You killed it! Being the executive of television that you are with all these reboot ideas you've got dancing around in your head. But before we head on out, I do want to pay respects to a great actor who unfortunately passed away today at the age of 82. And that is James Caan. Oscar-nominated James Caan from *The Godfather*. They know his success there. I know a lot of people in sort of more modern age, uh, maybe a little bit younger than us, probably would know him best from *Elf*. Right. <laughs> yes. Will Ferrell's dad that the I guess suffering throughout the entire film until he realizes uh, you know exactly what Will Ferrell's all about and you know they, they come to a great understanding at the very end. I think his performance as a, I yeah, exact opposite and not dealing or not trying to deal with what Will Ferrell was dishing out the entire movie was made it such a great watch. I think uh, his performance there was outstanding. Don't forget a movie that really got him a lot of praise and actually kicked off the career of Kathy Bates, Misery. That yes. movie is very, very creepy. Actually, my first wife and I, that's the first movie that we actually saw together and to say there's a scene in there well okay it's not really spoilers because the movie's been out for 25 plus years where i think
1: you're she, safe if somebody hasn't watched it then yeah, well
0: yeah well there's a scene in there where kathy bates has become so demented and she wants her favorite author who actually has a car crash and actually ends up being you know his legs are broken and he's in in such great uh, dire repair and she actually saves him and then after a while, actually imprisons him in her cabin after this car accident. And to yeah. keep him there as he tries to escape, she ends up breaking his feet, if I remember correctly, with a oh. sledgehammer. Yeah. 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 And yeah that, she just, yeah, that just blew my first wife away. She just was like, oh, oh she, you know, she jumped out of her seat, you know, just cringed and you know, just grabbed me and just like whole nine yards and it was just like yeah it was it was pretty scary for her but misery is a great performance by james con he had that distinctive style of acting i really think oh yeah. the ankles yeah, that's right roger ankles yeah he broke she broke his ankles but yeah i mean his feet were messed up i just remember the whole feet uh, the, you know from the ankles down they were just all messed up during that sequence and yeah absolutely good point yeah just truly a, a very scary move but he had great performances throughout the years Obviously, he's the father of Scott Kahn, who saw a lot of fame with the rebooted Hawaii 5 series. But any memories of James Kahn before we head on out?
1: You'd be neglecting mm-hmm. part of his career if you didn't mention Dick Tracy. Of Honeymoon course. in Vegas, he was mm-hmm. in that as well. He was in News Radio. He was in The Way of the Gun. That came out in 2000. There was In the Shadows. He's been in Simpson episodes. He's been in Family Guy episodes. He had something to do with the annoying orange. You know, uh, this guy, you might not have even been aware that you were watching Mr. Khan on television, but you certainly were.
0: Yeah. And his earlier career doing a lot of films in the 70s, even the late 60s. And then, uh, you know, going into the 80s, he had a Good career as far as continuing on then. But yeah, definitely a very decorated career for James Caan. And we pay respects to him and his great career passing at the age of 82. So thank you for all you've done and our respects to the family from all of us here at the Pop Culture Cosmos. So before we head on out, my friend, always a great time indeed. You've been fantastic as always, Melinda, but any last thoughts before we head on out?
1: Yes, congratulations again to the three winners for the Vampires and Vitae contest that we were running. Again, Danny Weber, Barry DeRue, and Avery, congratulations to all of you. Barry and Avery, we're going to get the cast together, obviously, on Sunday when we get ready for our live stream, and we're going to play with your decks and take cards out and put cards in and write on them and all kinds of funny stuff. So we'll have those in the mail for you soon. Keep your eyes on the Vampires of Vitae page because we've got some stuff planned and we're working on a couple different contests and stuff like that. So keep your eyes on it. We're very much in planning mode right now of what's coming up here in the next six months for the podcast. Planning mode.
0: Ooh, planning yeah. mode indeed. Yep. I'm looking forward to hearing yep. all the evil plans that you and Robbie are coming up with in regards to Vampires of Vitae. But once again, where can they check out all the action besides Pop Culture Cosmos on Facebook for all your great stuff that you're doing?
1: Sure. There's the Pop Culture Cosmos Twitch channel. You can also check us out on the Vampires and Vitae Facebook page, Vamps and Vitae on Twitter if you want to reach out and say, hey. Yeah, we're on TikTok. I forgot we make TikTok, oh, would not really make TikTok videos, but we have been known to dabble in TikTok from time to time. And yeah, we're really excited and super proud of this season. It's been a lot of fun so far with two brand new players at the table, Roger being one of them. So it's been very fun. And with Wizards and Wine, we've got the Wild Beyond the Witchlight in full swing now. Both groups are going into their third episode no that's a lie Vegas table goes into their second episode on Monday so things are progressing very well in the carnival a couple of creepy things have happened and it's definitely caught the attention of our adventurers so we'll Whoa. see how it all plays out
0: yes we will indeed so please catch it Wizards of Wine with the wild beyond the witch line also as well definitely check out Vampires of Vitae Roger always runs our games on Mondays. Next couple of weeks we have off, but once we come back, we'd we'll come back strong with Demolition Force right there with Roger heading the way, going ahead and getting frustrated by our entire group of crazies known as the players that he has on Mondays. <laughs> that includes us bless from him, time eh? to time. Yes. Bless yeah, him indeed. Sure does. But also don't forget the weekends with Mitch. He does a tremendous job of being a DM for our great games on the weekends. So please go ahead and check out the action with Mitch. And again, we truly appreciate everyone supporting what we do here at the Pop Culture Cosmos. Want to mention on Monday's show, Josh and I have got some good stuff planned, including the results from the box office weekend for Thor Love and Thunder. Hopefully we can elaborate more on our thoughts on the movie itself. Was it good? Was it not so good? Was it something you can't afford to miss the MCU? What's it going to tell us? We'll find out. Plus, I got an interesting email over the past couple of days <laughs> in regards to a study that was made by a little separate group, never heard of them before, but I'm going to go ahead and give them some love on Monday show in regards to what they thought their statistical analysis on what the best year of video gaming is, which is always up oh, for Yes. Yeah. I mean, for, on, on our show, we always thought because of the history that has been made, by the properties that were actually released in 2007 the influence on the gaming industry that there is no better year for gaming than 2007 and you can look up the titles or we'll go ahead and listen to our show on monday we'll tell you why but they have a different idea what year that could be so we're going to go ahead and elaborate on their thoughts on the year and years they think are the best years for video gaming and see if we agree or disagree and they have a central theme as well on what that could be so We'll go ahead and talk more about this study on what they think. I'll tell you the entity what it is on Monday on what they think the best year in video games can be. And if you can let us know what your thoughts on the best year of video games was ever for you, please let us know, popculturecosmos at yahoo.com. But definitely on Monday, we're going to be talking about what exactly is the best year for video games. We'll tell you our thoughts once again on Monday on the Pop Culture Cosmos. So for Melinda Barkhouse-Ross, this is Gerald Glassford. This is another beautiful day in paradise right here in the PCC Multiverse. We thank you for listening. And here's hoping you have yourself a great...